The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for uh, another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to bring you a slew of winners. Um, we've got some uh, good guests lined up. If you're uh, a fan of uh, qualifying and getting into handicapping uh, challenges uh, and make a little money, then obviously you've probably read Peter Thomas Fornital, who's the contest editor for the Daily Racing Forum, uh, best-selling author. Uh, he's written three racing books, uh, Six Secrets of Successful Betters, he wrote that with Frank Scatoni, and then uh, he kind of uh, ghost wrote "May the Horse Be With You" with Harvey Pack. He's just a great, uh, uh, excellent book if you want a great laugh and a, and a walk back through time and racing. And then uh, a book that should be very important to you is "The Winning Contest Player." Uh, that is his um, most most recent one, and uh, so looking forward to. Uh, getting Peter on the show, tried to get him on a couple times, but he's he was always booked into some kind of event somewhere. Uh, then we're going to have somebody that's uh, trying to shake up the sport uh, scientifically, and uh, his, his name is uh, Matt Darby. He's a 44-year-old guy uh, that was in news and sports broadcasting and then kind of came up with a new invention. He invented what's now called Speed Silks. Uh, and uh, not one but two horses that won on Breeders' Cup Day were wearing his silks. Now, I know that you remember probably the aerodynamic ones that came out, oh gosh, 20 years ago and kind of faded away. Well, his have come back, and he's got a new spin to it, some interesting uh, scientific uh, theories behind it, and he'll give us the facts about speed silks. Uh, That, again, is uh, Matt Darby. He'll be our first guest on the show. And also uh, want to uh, welcome uh, 123 Racing Pick 6. It's America's newest handicapping contest style, Pick 6 Wager. They're on board with us right now. 123 Racing is not like any other Pick 6. It's a $2 Pick 6 with a twist. Uh, You can win America's most exciting wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the pool. Now, all you need to do to play at 123bet.com, all the winners are guaranteed. Now, uh, they are guaranteeing $100,000 in payouts on the 123 Racing Pick 6. So, play today. Once again, we'll have some experts on here. You might be able to get some of these races into your mix at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Dot com. And, of course, you want to pull down your easy win big forms from winning ponies to help you with those contests, too. Well, here's some uh, 
good information, and uh, I was happy to read this. It looks like we're going to get to see California Chrome run again this year. So uh, certainly a win in the Hollywood Derby would help his chances for Horse of the Year, which obviously are still up in the air, and uh, also not only Horse of the Year, but would launch him as the champion three-year-old male. So uh, he, he was a game third in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and uh, now this race is on the grass. It's a $300,000 race, and that'll be November 29th. Now, uh, our chairman said he came out of the Breeders' Cup great. He's going to work him on the grass on the 23rd. If he handles it like I think he will, there's a good chance he'll run. And as I recall, he did have some good grass runners in his pedigree, so it will be interesting. Uh, so the Son of Lucky Pulpit will be going back in the Hollywood Derby. Um, According to Sherman, it's a perfect time to find out if he likes the grass. And if he does, it gives us many more options for next year. The way he travels, I think he'll really like it. I think he'll be a grass horse, too. Now, uh, Sherman did say that the initial main goal for the first part of 2015 remains the Dubai World Cup. That's going to be an interesting travel. He said regardless of the outcome of the Hollywood Derby, his plan is to run California Chrome once at Santa Anita during the winter meeting as a prep for the World Cup. Now, that World Cup will be contested on March 28th. Now, the Hollywood Derby itself, it's a mile and an eighth. It used to be a mile and a quarter, but it was run at Hollywood Park, and the configuration of Del Mar's turf course does not allow for a mile and a quarter on the turf. So it'll be a mile and an eighth, and we certainly know that he can get that done. Well, uh, it's that time of year. We're looking at the, the two-year-olds, and uh, Churchill Downs has released their Kentucky Derby future wager dates. So you can get uh, you know some better odds on the, the horses if you think you've got the Derby winner. The first one starts Friday, November 28th. They usually go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now that's 22 weeks in advance of the Derby. And the second one will start Friday, February 6th. Then you'll get uh, three more weeks, Friday, February 27th. By this time, you'll have a pretty good read if there's any new kids on the block. And the fourth pool will start March 27th and your last chance March 29th. So each one, again, open for three days. And uh, this was inaugurated back in 1999. So, uh, for example, let's just say, California Chrome, who on Derby Day was the 5-2 to two favorite and paid $7 to win. But in the future wager, Pools 2 and 4 were significantly greater. Uh, pool 2 paid $63.40. That's California Chrome, the Derby favorite. And sixty-seven sixty in Pool 3. By that time, the word had gotten out, and uh, Pool 4, he went, still, you collected $20 and 80 cents. There'll also be a Kentucky Oaks pool at the same time. So you might want to put those dates on your calendar. In jockey news, uh, Louis Contreras was named the Jockey Guild's Jockey of the Week. He crammed a five-win day, a four-win day, and a grade two stakes into a single week uh, to get the Jockey's Guild uh, of, of the Week. Overall, uh, on the week, he uh, won 12 races, four seconds, four thirds. He, his horses earned 410000 and the average bet on him paid $7.41. He's uh, 28 years old right now. 
Uh, he started riding at the age of 16 in Mexico, had great success there from 2002 to 2006. So uh, now winning multiple races in one day is nothing new to Contreras. I uh, became the first jockey in 13 years to win six races on a single card at Woodbine. Also, uh, the first jockey in history to win a personal Canadian Triple Crown. He won the, the Queen's Plate, the Prince of Wales, and the Breeders' Stakes. Also that year, the Woodbine Oaks and La Longuenette. So uh, back in uh, July of 2013, he got his 1,000th win, so congratulations to him on being Jockey of the Week. Somebody else you want to keep an eye out for, Robbie Alvarado's reaching a milestone. He kind of did reach it through a DQ. He uh, was going to be awarded his 1,000th Churchill Downs winner alone when the stewards uh, uploaded a ruling on Saturday on their website that moved him up there, so I'm sure there will be a celebration. Uh, the only other jockeys to win a 1,000 races at Churchill are none other than Pat Day with over 2,400 and Calvin Burrell, 1,170. Now, Churchill Downs is going to honor uh, Rosie Depravnik. She's going to be honored Saturday at Churchill Downs. As you know, she made the announcement after her Breeders' Cup win uh, that she is going to retire and that she is with child. Now, um, she's the only female jockey ever to win a two Kentucky Oaks, and she's just had a sensational career uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, along with uh, her success in the Kentucky Oaks, uh, she's the all-time leader in stakes victories, uh, by female jockeys at Churchill Downs, and ranks third in the track at career wins by women. Who are the other two? Well, retired P.J. Patricia Cooksey that has been on Winning Ponies with us is one of them. She's the track's leading female winner with 214 victories. And Donna Barton Brothers racked up 134. So uh, Rosie keeping awful good company with the female riders right there. And... Uh, Back in 2010, setting another record, uh, Napravnik became the first woman to ride winners of more than 10 million, surpassing surpassing Crone's record for earnings in a single year. Another guest that we've had on, who had some injury, made a little comeback in the fall meet, and then decided to move his family from the East Coast back west, Stuart Elliott. Uh, he just had a few mounts at Keeneland this fall. He's going to come back when Turfway Park opens December 4th. Uh, he'll start riding that uh, meet, according to uh, Jose Santos Jr. He'll be his agent, of course, uh, best known for his winning rides and Smarty Jones and the Derby and the Preakness. Uh, really nice guy and wishing him nothing but the best. He decided to move back and start riding on the Kentucky circuit, despite all the success that he had on the East Coast. And uh, the 49-year-old rider. Uh, was second in wins at the Keeneland Spring Meet in April. And uh, he and his wife, uh, I believe Bowling Green, Kentucky, they uh, have a small farm there, so they plan on spending the rest of the years in the bluegrass. Now, you may recall Mark Johnston. He won the 1990 Eclipse Award for Top Apprentice Jockey. He's going to have an, two jocks. And he is now an agent. Uh, one is Jack Gilligan, and the other one is Dean Sarvis. Uh, they'll both be headed to Turfway. Uh, I had the chance to meet Jack Gilligan and his family. He came to the United States from England in late September, and his father was, was a trainer, 
and uh, has uh, quite a bit of a family history as far as uh, horsemen are concerned. Uh, one girl we won't be seeing much or any more on the track is Center Court. She's uh, been retired. This is breaking news from Churchill Downs. She had a poor workout before the Cardinal Handicap. She's only 40000 shy of being a millionaire. But uh, Rusty Arnold said, I just didn't like the way she worked, and she's been too good to us not to go ahead, so we're going to go ahead and retire here. And on a personal note, uh, longtime racing official Rick Lee is going to undergo a gamma knife radiation procedure Tuesday uh, to two small brain lesions. Uh, Rick is a, just a super guy. Uh, I've known him. He's worked at tracks in Ohio and Kentucky throughout his career. Uh, he does expect to be back working the final days of the Churchill meet, which runs through November 30th. And so Rick and his wife, Amy, that I worked with uh, for several years at River Downs, great people wishing them nothing but the best. And still no news on the Churchill race caller. The current caller, Larry Colmus, is vacating the position at meet end, and he's going to go year-round with Naira and Gulfstream Park. So uh, that just a lot of questions out there on, on who he will be uh, who will be replacing him, I should say. Uh, it's going to be very interesting, a lot of speculation. Well, we had handicapper Gary Johnson on with us last week. Of course, uh, he qualifies for contests all over the U.S. I think he has six entries into the national competition. Uh, we ended up on his home court, place where he was the leading trainer over 20 times, and that was Thistledown, and we nailed this one, but it wasn't hard to nail at all. Uh, Rivers run deep, just ran away from the field in the Cardinal handicap at Thistledown, and it uh, looks like he will be vying for Horse of the Year titles in Ohio. Uh, then we went to uh, Aqueduct, the Long Island Handicap. Here's a horse I liked, Agri Marine, uh, Christopher Clement trainee, ridden by Johnny V. Uh, this uh, horse put in uh, solid work since the layoff of uh, August 31st at Saratoga and got the job done over a French shipper by the name of Danza Cavello, and third in there was Maxa Mova. From Aqueduct, we went to uh, we went to uh, Churchill Downs, and Gary was nice enough to uh, give us the winner in there. I believe at 1060, Villandry got the job done coming out of the Grade Three Sycamore. Uh, this is a horse that likes Churchill turf, six starts now, three victories. In the second spot was Hamp, and third was Under Control. Stablemates, guys, Reward and Silver Max uh, did not uh, did not hit the board surprisingly, and then uh, we uh, ended it up with the Gulfstream Park West, and it was the Millions Classic preview. Thank you, Gary Johnson, for giving us the winner at six eighty. It was East Hall, Gary's top pick in there, so East Hall got the job done down there at what used to be Calder is now Gulfstream Park West. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with Matt Darby. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school.
school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, uh, thanks for for coming back, and thanks again for listening to uh, to, to Winning Ponies. Uh, I've got a notice from a friend of mine this week that said, "Hey, Jen, here's a story you might be interested in. You might want to might want to check this out." And it was a story about a guy by the name of Matt Darby and his uh, new invention on speed silks is what what, what they're called, and. Uh, Matt is, uh, I believe, about 44 years old. Uh, he was uh, in the uh, news and sports broadcasting until 2006. He got working with quarter horses, and that's where he got introduced to the racing industry, and that's how he got inspired to invent uh, speed silks. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought about this, and I thought about, you know, we already had those aerodynamic silks. What could be different about speed silks? So I, I called Matt up and had a great conversation with him, and I think you're going to want to learn about this uh, innovative uh, uh, clothing um, line that could impact your handicapping down the road. Matt Darby, are you with us? Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. Good to talk to you again. Oh, oh, happy to have you on. Well, I, again, I, I really enjoyed our conversation the other day because uh, you were able to kind of set me straight on some things uh, about speed silks that, that, that made them different uh, from the aerodynamic. As you recall, we had the conversation. I know I bought them when I still had enough money and not kids in college to have spare income to have horse, horses. Sure. And uh, it was the time, I'm going to say, D. Wayne Lucas started using them, and he ended up winning the Derby, the Oaks, and a bunch of so things. And people were going, well, well damn, i got to get those aerodynamic silks. It's going to make my $10,000 horse run faster. And uh, for, for how long, uh, I don't know, 
uh, how that lasted. But as I told you, they kind of went the byway for the most part and probably different reasons why they did. Uh, and now all of a sudden we're seeing speed silks come back, uh, which are kind of the same, but they're kind of different. So take me back, if you will, uh, to, to your earliest days, your observations, and what made you even think about such an invention. Well, you know, I landed at, of all places, the American Quarter Horse Association. This was back in, oh, September of 2006. And they had me doing marketing for the racing department. And I, I, I'll be frank with you, I knew nothing about horse racing at the time. But I knew a lot about marketing and media, and that's what they kind of hired me to do. And they thought they could just teach me the ropes about horse racing on the job, which is what they did. They would send me to racetracks all across the country on a very regular basis to go meet with, you know, horsemen and and track personnel and what have you. And the very first race they sent me to was at Turf Paradise in uh, in Arizona. And they sent me with a fellow that I worked with that was an old-timer in the business, been doing it his whole life. And I'm not kidding you, by the end of the second race that day, I asked him why the jockeys were wearing these baggy uniforms, these baggy silks, and he said, I don't know. You know, they, they've always done it. And it struck <laughs> me as odd because... Traditional in racing, in particular, is you know it's a sport where people that do it are obsessed with speed, and and they were trying to you know shave off fractions of a second in any way they could by fair means or foul, but they're sticking these parachutes on their on their jockeys, and it didn't make any sense to me. And I continued to ask people in the industry because I came into contact with them all the time, and every one of them gave me the same answer, which was I don't know, they've been doing it this way for a hundred <laughs> years. And so I started looking into it and, um, you know, discovered that other speed sports like cycling or speed skating had adopted the aerodynamic uniforms and not only built them to be form-fitting, but also they had adopted a, a more modern technology of aerodynamically engineered fabrics, particularly the guys in cycling. They all do it now. And I started looking into that, and I found the one that would be, I think, best for for horse racing, the speeds of horse racing, and the particular needs of the jockey. And uh, over uh, the course of about two and a half years, um, we finally designed speed silks. And we went to market last summer, sold our first unit at the end of August last year. So we've been open for a little over a year now. And I tell you, it has been an absolute roller coaster ride. Well, you know, I'm not a rocket brain surgeon, but one thing you told me that made sense was when you think about people and they design their silks with uh, stars and polka dots and dice and you name it, that in the the current state of things, those things are stitched on. Yes. And, and, And you'll see them in photos. You just pick up any magazine and you can see that they do, in fact, you know, bubble up a little bit. And all of a sudden it said to me, well, obviously the wind has to catch a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing that I noticed about your silks so, is that not only is there, there no texture rise, you actually dye whatever the owner's design is on there, but you have a way of, uh, if they choose, to use a cuff in which no air would go up the sleeve. We call it the thumb sleeve, and we actually adopted that same design from the cycling industry. When they're wearing their long sleeve jerseys as opposed to the short sleeve jerseys, the sleeve extends all the way down to almost to the, 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 um, the knuckle, the final knuckle, and then there's a, 
a slot that the thumb slips through, and that does two things. It keeps wind from going up the sleeve and also keeps the entire length of the sleeve taut so that there are no extra folds to catch the wind. It's, we, every aspect of the design of speed silks is intended to reduce aerodynamic drag, not just the material that we use, which is textured, dimpled like a golf ball. In fact, it's called aerodimplex. It's textured to actively reduce drag, and we make it form-fitting to reduce form drag in that way. And uh, even the technique that we use, like you said earlier, to color the fabric, to dye the patterns directly onto the fabric instead of stitching them on, uh, means that there's fewer seams, which is fewer weight and fewer things to catch the wind. Now, uh, you, you told me something the other day that sounded pretty convincing. You know, I was, you know, taking the, the devil's advocate and saying, "Look, come on, Matt. We're talking about twelve hundred pound animal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, could be you know behind other horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's backstretch wind some days. There's front stretch wind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does this can this really make a, a difference? Again, a difference in a game that's often determined by that by a head bob." Exactly. And you told me something interesting about the time improvements, that despite everything I just said. When I was still thinking about doing this before my wife had nudged me far enough in that direction, <laughs> I read an article. It was a study by Dr. George Pratt, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And he actually performed a study that was commissioned by of all organizations, the American Quarter Horse Association, they were trying to quantify in a scientific manner the speed of a quarter horse. Everyone knew that quarter horses were the fastest horses, but AQHA wanted to find out how fast and, and how, how long did it take them to achieve the top speed, what is the top speed, how long do they maintain top speed, that sort of thing. So he went through this exhaustive study, and he, I think when he started doing it, he thought he was going to be writing a paper on the speed of a racehorse, he ended up writing a paper on aerodynamic drag in horse racing. And he ended up coming to the conclusion that aerodynamic drag is the overwhelming force that the horse has to overcome during the race, not its own inertia, its own weight or body mass. In fact, he came to the conclusion that wind resistance is an even bigger factor in horse racing than it is in cycling, particularly because of the speeds involved. And you're right, you would think, oh, it's this 11 or 1,200-pound animal with a 115-pound jockey on his back. But the amount of difference that the wind resistance makes startled even Dr. Pratt. Uh, he wrote near the end of this study, which I'll be glad to email to you if anybody asks, that the wind resistance of one square foot of surface area of the horse and or horse and jockey, represents about a third of the difference between a super horse and a claimer. Now, what he considers a super horse and a claimer and the difference between the two is all explained in the study is a tremendous amount of math that obviously you you don't hear on the radio, but long story short, if you can even reduce the amount of aerodynamic drag by a small amount, it will have a measurable effect on the speed of the horse. 
Well, I know our handicappers will be will be happy to uh, to, to hear that. And uh, certainly, you started out with some uh, pretty major clients. Uh, Jill Baffert gives you a call, and you, you end up having your silks on the backs of uh, Golden Sense and Bayern, who won yeah. two major Breeders' Cup races. You can't get much better advertising than that, Matt. No, you can't. She she gave us a call back, and I guess it was November of last year. And we ended up outfitting a few of Bob's clients for uh, Derby Weekend at Churchill. And we ended up with um, silks in all three Triple Crown races. Didn't win any of them. And so when Breeders' Cup Weekend rolled around last week, I, you know, I was optimistic but wasn't thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be a great win. And sure enough, we ended up with a couple of grade one Breeders' Cup wins. The, uh, I guess it was the Dirt Mile and the Classic, of course. By the way, we're on the cover of Blood Horse Magazine this week. That's what speed silks look like. Uh, anyhow, uh, Matt, you, you said that you had the study. You'd be happy to send it out to people. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you give out uh, your, your Twitter handle or sure. any way that uh, some of the horsemen that, that uh, listen to this show on a regular basis mm-hmm. might want to uh, contact you. Uh, take your time. Go slow because they're probably scrambling for a pen and paper right now. <laughs> That's all right. You'll find photos, tons of photos of our product and our winners and our clients at both our Facebook and Twitter pages. Just go search for Speed Silks on either one of those uh, two social media outlets. You'll find us. Uh, You can also go to our website, speedsilks.com. And if you have any questions, all of the contact information at our website, um, all the ways you can contact us directly through social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, comes right to my inbox or right to my telephone. So I'll be the one that you're talking to. When well, you, you were easy to get a hold of. That was the number I called, and then you picked up. So yeah. uh, I greatly appreciate it. Again, uh, we're, we're talking with, uh, with with Matt Darby, who spent time with us this evening. And uh, I, I wish you best of luck. And uh, all I can say is you know, you've got a convincing argument and uh, – you know, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And I hope to uh, talk to you maybe in a year or so when you tell me everybody in the nation's wearing your stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I hope to be saying that too, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, we are, uh, we've, been, we've been talking uh, with Matt Darby, and uh, Speed Silks is the, the name of uh, the game, and he gave you, again, out his, uh, his contact information there. And uh, it's pretty easy to find just about anything along those lines in this day and age. So uh, best best of luck to you, Matt. Again, Matt at SpeedSilks.com. And uh, contact that, Google that, and you'll be able to talk to him if you're interested in a set of the silks. Thanks for spending time with us on Winning Ponies tonight, Matt. Thank you. Great show. All right. Take care. And uh, coming up, uh, a guy who's uh, on air a lot himself, and he's also uh, a a sensational writer. He's been associated with some of the best in the game, including Harvey Peck, and that's one Peter Thomas Fornital. He's going to be with us on Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we. 
everything. We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me from the Daily Racing Forum, it's Peter Thomas, Fortital. He's the contest editor for at the Daily Racing Forum. I believe the last time we had him on, he actually got a, a promotion about a week later. I remember reading about it. I think I, I, I wrote you, Peter, and congratulate on that. He's written three books. Uh, Six Secrets of Successful Betters with uh, Frank Scantoni. Uh, May the Horse Be With You, one of the best books in racing with uh, Pack at the Track, Harvey Pack. And, of course, one that any of you contest players want to get your hands on, and that's the winning contest player. Now, uh, since he seems to be given more responsibility at the Daily Racing Forum, uh, I'm seeing him... Uh, pop up all over the place. As a matter of fact, this week earlier, uh, he was uh, on with the, the people at night school. They had him on as one of the guests, and uh, now he's uh, announcing the new uh, Breeders' Cup qualifying uh, events that are going to be coming up. We're going to get into that. But, Peter, are you with me? Can you hear me good? You sound fantastic, as usual, and uh, it's a pleasure to be back on the show. I've missed it. Well, I'll tell you what. I had fun. I was, you know, going around and trying to find out as much as I can about your guests. But all I can say is, I wish I had the chance to meet your father while he was still with us, because he, yeah, he was like a, a guy, guy that I would hang out with. Uh, <laughs> your your dad, for people that don't know, uh, Pete Fornatale, uh, was uh, played an important role in the progressive rock era uh, of FM broadcasting. He was the first person to host a rock music show on New. York City's FM band uh, kind of changed the whole way that people started listening to music. He started uh, broadcasting uh, progressive rock and long album tracks. Uh, he was noted for uh, introducing musical alternative uh, people to listeners. Your dad just sounds like uh, he's a fantastic guy, and like you, he was also uh, pretty good at penmanship. Uh, he actually penned several books. 
Um, he, he was considered a, a, an authority on some of the top people in, in rock. I'll leave it there. I want to let you pick it up. What was it like, man? You had a pretty cool dad. Absolutely. He was great. I mean, some of my earliest memories involved dancing around the living room listening to uh, uh, Rosalita by Bruce Springsteen. That's pretty cool. And I got the pleasure to work with him on a couple of those books you're referencing, specifically the book we did about Woodstock for the 40th anniversary of that event. And also, the, unfortunately, ends up being his last book, but we did get to complete it before his untimely passing, a book called 50 Licks about the Rolling Stones. So, and he was also a racing guy. I can remember him. My first knowledge that horse racing existed was my parents would go out to uh, Roosevelt Raceway on Long Island at the time and come home and he'd have the, he'd keep the, the, the colored, I remember there were the, the pretty colored tickets uh, for the, for the losers. And that was sort of the first time I ever had an inkling that of what horse racing was and that you could bet on it. And I also remember him very early on. I don't know why, of all the early racing memories I have, the one that sticks with me the most is my dad telling me about Secretariat and the idea that, yes, he won the, he won the Derby in a record time and he won the preachers impressively. But what really set him apart was coming to New York and running the marathon, the Belmont Stakes, the longest of them all, and running an incredible time and beating the field by 31 lengths. And, you know, there's, there's, there's something that uh, he definitely helped prod me along the path to appreciating sports. And he wasn't a racing guy like we're racing guys, but always enjoyed to come up to Saratoga for an annual visit. And we had a ton of fun up here. And uh, I'm always grateful to get the chance to remember and talk about him. So thanks. Well, I really, I really enjoyed learning about it. All I can say is, you know, in, in, in racing, we talk so much about pedigree. Obviously, he passed some of the bloodlines on to you because uh, <laughs> you're both good now on air, but as a writer. And now I noticed, as I said, you've uh, expanded your duties at the Daily Racing Forum. And now you're expanding into regular podcasts. And just uh, two weeks ago, we had Matt Bernier on. Oh, uh, which, nice. By the way, he was great on Breeders' Cup Day. So, I mean, uh, it's got to be pretty cool to be surrounding yourself with this talent. And now, as we know, in this day and era, everybody's going up. They, they just want to kind of pop it on and maybe listen to what you're saying. So uh, tell me now about the evolution of the, the podcast shows on the Racing Forum page. Absolutely. It's been something that was sort of in the back of my mind for a long time, probably because of the radio pedigree that you're acknowledging. But really what it took to get the thing off the ground was Matt Bernier and his enthusiasm. Um, you know, he came into the forum with a couple of different uh, objectives. One was to be an excellent handicapper, and he certainly proved that with some of the winners he's given out with Dan Ilman in his Race of the Day videos and also on the podcast with me. But the other part of why Matt was brought in was to do a little bit of fan outreach and to try to be somebody to help reach out to some of the younger people. And he's a much younger guy. And, 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 you know, there's a lot about racing that could be explained to people in his demographic to uh, try to bring them into the tent, as it were. So he's focused on uh, handicapping and fan outreach. I'm focused on the ever-growing contest world. And it was really, uh, I think, his idea, as much as anything else, and certainly his enthusiasm that had the idea, hey, let's do a podcast, let's talk a little about handicapping, let's talk a little about the issues of the day, but let's also cover the contest world and also go into some evergreen material that might be appropriate as a refresher to experienced players, but also 
as a way for some newer players to start getting excited about handicapping and developing their skills on their own. And I was uh, thrilled that it was something that he and I just ended up brainstorming about, and the, the powers that be at the Racing Forum have, uh, have let us run with it. And the, the early success, the early returns have been very good. We've had some, we've, we've had some very nice winners on the show between the two of us and also our, our third member of the team, Mike Hogan, who folks might know from Twitter as at DRF Formulator. But we've also had some fun and ridiculousness, you know, me doing my Bob Hoppert impression and things like that. So <laughs> hopefully there's something for everybody in the DRF Players podcast. And I think fans of your show would find it, uh, would find it simpatico if we can, channel some of the enthusiasm and love of the game that you bring to broadcasting will be ahead of the game. Yeah, and what's great, you know, what we're all learning is as we grow along with the internet is the fact that, hey, gee, I'm, I'm driving, I can't listen, or I've got to uh, uh, pick up the kids, or I've got a date, or whatever. With podcasts, you could, you know, sit in your pajamas at one in the morning and, and, and pull it up just like you were there when it was live. Uh, so I just think it's a, a, a great idea for you guys to, uh, to forge into it. And, yeah, you know, I mean, you bring a lot of enthusiasm, and like I said, you've got the bloodlines and, and, the, and the passion. Uh, Matt, great delivery. I had two guests on last week, and not one, but both of them referred back to, to Matt, one as a contest player, and the other, Jay Privman, as to how smooth, this guy has become on air in such a short amount of time. So uh, you, you got amazing. you got a great team there. You really did. We did. It was really funny, actually, that you mentioned that because I couldn't agree more. When when he and I did our first video segment together, we've done a couple little video things about tournaments. And the first time I sat down across the desk from him, you know, my heart was racing a little bit. It's like they turned those lights on and. They ratcheted it up, and I was okay, but I was feeling a little, and I look over at him, and, you know, maybe it helped that he had the cameras following him around for a year for horse players, but the guy was cool as a cucumber, and, he, you know, the 23-year-old or whatever man is made me the, the, the 42-year-old feel at ease, not the other way around. I mean, he's, he's so media savvy and a great addition to the team and a great handicapper and a great contest player to go out there at the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge and do what he did to, to run his bankroll up to 37000 win another thirty five in prize money. And I've seen some of the cynics out there, some of the folks on Twitter, they say, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it's easier if it's not your money. I actually disagree. I think, if anything, Matt was handicapped by the fact that because it was somebody else's money, because he was playing for charity and supposed to be promoting the charity on DRF and NBC – Maybe he held back a little when it came to his strongest opinion of the weekend, which was Texas Red. Maybe if that's his own money, he pushes all in there. Maybe he wins the whole thing. So folks should definitely um, have nothing but respect for the things that Matt accomplished in a, in a short amount of time. And by the way, please don't tell him I said any of this nice stuff about him. No, we're not letting this go to his head. I'm not even going to tell him the, the guys last week said anything about him either. So <laughs> you, you, you got to keep those guys ratcheted down like a young two-year-old. Well, real quick, um, I've got a break coming up in about two and a half minutes. You're in New York, born and bred. You've been to Aqueduct a few times, I'm going to guess. Uh, the Red Smith Handicap's coming up this weekend. Strange distance, uh, a mile and three-eighths, hopefully on the turf. Not sure what your weather's like. I know you're going to get the polar vortex, but I don't know if that's bringing any moisture 
picture with it. And uh, interesting race, nice full field, should be some betting opportunities in there. Red Rifle may scratch uh, and, and go to the Hawthorne Gold Cup, uh, which might uh, open up a different pace scenario in the race. So um, if, if I can ask you your, your quick opinion of the Red Smith at Aqueduct. Sure. Well, that, that Red Rifle scratch would be huge. I definitely was counting on having him in here as a, as a pace factor. You know, the favorites are very logical in here, but I'm just going to skip right. I don't need to tell you about the virtues of the, the shorter price horses. I just want folks to take an extra look at uh, Calvados, um, the number seven horse in this race. This trip this horse had last time, it was incredibly bizarre. kind of needs to be seen to be believed. Um, and, you know, it might have been one of those trips where he was rank and contributed to it, but the, the running line certainly doesn't do it justice. He was all over the place in the race, wide the whole time, pretty darn rank up near the lead, wrangled back, made a move, had to check again, and still uh, came running late. If this horse has a little bit of a mental thing going on that could be straightened out, I think based on the sheer talent he showed in that run, could be a factor here. That's the one that I'm going to be looking at, maybe a little more for underneath with the logicals, but um, if Calvados wins the Red Smith, I'll definitely be alive in some multi-race bets. One little last point to mention is, I, just, I sometimes three-year-old maturity at this time of the year gets overlooked. They can still improve. If one hasn't run since September, and they're coming back out this weekend, you could still see just natural improvement based on growth. We forget sometimes these are still really like teenagers or early 20-type horses. So if there's further room for improvement, um, uh, it could be very dangerous for the whole thing, I think. All right, and before we go to break, just want to mention that the, the DRF formulator uh, facts in here is that uh, Chad Brown, uh, over the past two years on the uh, turf routes in graded races, has a huge record, and he's bringing in the favorite big blue kitten that'll have a big target on his back. And uh, should, since uh, just two races back, uh, finished only two and a quarter lengths behind uh, Mr. Uh, Sequence there, one could be horse of the year uh, with with his win in the Breeders' Cup turf. And uh, if you want a little bit more, the the, the trainer of a legendary Niel Saville, who I know nothing about, uh, has a really nice return on investment over Naira turf tracks going around a ground. So those are your two formulator picks. Uh, Peter gave us uh, his long shot pick in Calvados. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we're going to come back and try to see if we can't get two more races in under the gun. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the 123 Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. License and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with my guest, Peter Thomas Fornatel, with us, the, the son of Pete Fornatel, legendary New York DJ, a trailblazer in his own right. Well, we just talked about the Red Smith at Aqueduct. Let's go as far away as we possibly can into a whole different division of horses, and that would be at Del Mar, uh, the grade three Bob Hope stakes. Uh, of course, we're dealing here with uh, two-year-old Colts, Anyone could pop up at any time. I think the interesting storyline horse in here, and I believe Jay Hobday uh, penned a little something for the racing form uh, within the last 24 hours, is, is a horse by the name of Prime Engine. Um, it's uh, owned by the people where uh, Hollendorfer breaks his babies and, and, and brings them up, uh, but this horse is coming to Delmar by way of Emerald Downs, Two for two. I love reading the charts and reading the trouble lines. Here's a word you don't see that often in a trouble line. In hand, eye-catching. That was this horse's debut when it won by ten and a quarter. And then it comes back, was on top by eight, turning for home in a stake in Emerald Downs. Uh, The horse has since been transferred from Michael Pulich over to Jerry Hollendorfer. Makes for a great storyline. Doesn't make him the winner, though. I, you know, it's certainly not nailed on to be the winner. But if you put a gun to my head and said take one, Prime Engine would be would be near the top of the list. I mean, his speed is such a great weapon, and you know, it's tricky to know what's going to happen. And because because of if Sebastian's heart breaks from the rail, could really potentially make life miserable for Prime Engine and set something up for somebody else, but. If Prime Engine can either settle off that rival or just clear and go on with it, it certainly would be one that would be on all my multi-bets. I think it's a very shrewd move. Even though the second race was a mile on the 16th, they saw what the time was. You know, they saw what the figure was relatively. I I have a feeling backing up to seven is going to be just what this horse wants. And based on how fast that debut was, no matter which figure scale you're looking at, certainly one of the contenders. 
but it might just set up to be an absolutely perfect trip, and hopefully this one won't be set off the board, so it's certainly a possibility. But all right, all right for Daryl Vienna. That was a pretty good look name. You, I don't know if you saw the saw the tape on that one. Um, this horse, uh, this horse ran a ran a terrific race, breaking from the outside. It it seemed to be a day where where speed was good. It seemed to be a day where you'd want to be right on the lead, and he was able to come from just off the lead and make it to the front and stay there. Uh, drifted out a little bit, but that might have just been a little bit of greenness. And the workouts say he might have improved since then. So I think at the end of the day, if I had to, if you forced me to pick one, I'd go with all right, all right. But Prime Engine wouldn't be too far behind. I, I know, yeah, and I think the fact that you know, uh, Mike Smith has been in with. such a zone lately uh, gets nominated uh, to be the rider of Prime Engine. Uh, that's going to move him up a length or two. Uh, certainly, you know, all right, all right. Uh, uh, sold for uh, $205,000 at the Barrett sale, uh, so you know that it's a good-looking horse. Obviously, uh, Daryl Vienna, and you've got your uh, your West Coast phenom in uh, Dylan Van Dyke out there. You're going to get at least a two-pound break in the weights. Uh, shouldn't hurt. I think, obviously, another horse you're going to have to can maybe scratch your head a little bit. Pat, Patrick Biancone with uh, Diamond Majesty, could be certainly a part of the scenario if you're going into your exotics in this race. Yeah, I think Diamond Majesty will take a lot of money, and he certainly doesn't look bad. But at a shorter number, coming from what I thought was kind of a perfect setup on the downhill and then trying to transfer that to dirt, it's not my kind of play uh, nearly as much. That day of the debut was also sort of a speed day at Santa Anita, as so many are. I mean, I know the horse might have been short or whatnot, but I and, and didn't have Lasix that day. But it wasn't based on that dirt form. I'm not sure that he's the same uh, level as the other two we mentioned. But certainly would be no surprise. But uh, for me, he'd be in it if he wins, I lose. All right. Well, let's take you to the middle of the country now, Peter, and we're going to go to Churchill Downs. They've got the Miss Revere there. Uh, we're going to maybe take a peek at this. Uh, turf race, and it should be a turf race, but like I said in one email I sent to you, it could be a frozen tundra. We're getting the polar <laughs> vortex uh, in this neck of the woods. Mile and the 16th, the Commonwealth turf, heart-to-heart, uh, heart, looks like the horse to beat, coming off two straight stakes wins, one at Saratoga, and then at Churchill Downs, at a mile on the turf. Uh, going to be going to be hard to beat this three-year-old Colt. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's it's- it's upsetting when you come on a show, you want to be able to, at the very least, make a case for the, the 12 to 1 shot like I was able to in the Red Smith. It, 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 it hurts my heart a little to come on here and talk about the merits of a 6 to 5 shot. But in this case, I mean, there's another horse who's got that little bit of layoff. Sometimes I'd like to see this time of year. He's got the form. He's got the class. And most of all, he's got the pace advantage. Yes, there's a couple other horses in here who have shown a little bit of early foot. But when you, you know, if you're one of the people who makes a little grid of who you expect to be in front at the half, based on the, the, the fractions they run or pace numbers or however you want to do it, this horse is going to be clear. And uh, when you've got the speed and you've got the class and you've got the pace advantage, you're, you're very often going to be awfully hard to turn back. In terms of completing the exacto or maybe using a little bit to beat him, I wanted to try to make a little bit of a case for Walliana. Uh, the number three horse in here, and it's tough because the last race really wasn't very good at all. That the way the pace played out in there, it should have set up for him. 
But you could build a case on the idea that maybe he was a little short that day, and now he's second off the layoff today. If you look back in his PPs, you can see uh, the last time he was in a second off the layoff spot, he improved dramatically to win the Hall of Fame stakes in Saratoga. He's a talented horse. He's got tactical speed, a little bit of it anyway. He's got the big win in the Hall of Fame in Saratoga. If anybody's going to upset the apple cart, uh, he, he would be my kick, especially with uh, Erod Ortiz up. He's definitely a rider who uh, gives us all, and I think will hopefully have Laliana in a chance to at least run second to the big favorite, Heart to Heart. Well, uh, certainly uh, with Heart to Heart there, we're going to see a lot of double-digit horses there. One that might be one of the second favorites that drew my eye uh, briefly, as uh, we've probably only got about a minute and a half here, was an uh, unfavorable post position, but a horse that looks like it's got a lot of upside to it, and that's Bash Heart, uh, trained by Michael Matz after being trained by Pletcher and Christopher Clement. Uh, Louis Sayez gets the mount. Uh, this horse is uh, like... Uh, like uh, Waliano, very well-traveled, doesn't seem to have a problem with different uh, uh, places to go. Likes the distance. Three starts, two wins uh, at the distance. It's coming out of a bang-up grade three. The Kent Stakes at Delaware only missed by three-quarters of a length. So uh, I think uh, you'd have to put him in there, though I have to admit he was beaten at Saratoga by your horse, Wallyanna. So um, Heart to Heart looks like the one to beat. I think uh, our listeners will have some fun trying to find some prices uh, underneath for sure uh, in the Commonwealth turf. So again, the Miss Revere's on that card too, uh, but this is the one I try to put Pete's feet to the fire and let's face it, the fire seems to be Heart to Heart. Um, Peter, now any I've got a, I've got a minute left to close the show. Uh, when people want to get a hold of you, uh, want to uh, want to get information about contests, I know that there, there's some new ones coming up. Where do they go? Sure. Well, I blog about five times a week at drf.com. If you go to the blog tab on the classic homepage, you'll see my name, Peter Thomas Fornatal. That's one way. You can hear me on the DRF Players podcast. There's also a drop down on that blog list. You can contact me directly via Twitter, where my handle is at LoomsBoldly, the good old Tom Gherkinism. That's L-O-O-M-S-B-O-L-D-L-Y. <laughs> Find me on there. I'm happy to answer all your questions about contests. Um, Facebook, if you're a part of the Facebook racing community, Peter Fornital, you can find me on there. I want to be in touch with folks, and I want to help them find the contests that are right for them because it's a great new growth avenue for this game, and people should be enjoying it. Absolutely. Peter, again, I want to thank you very much for your time on the show. I've got your numbers. You're in trouble now. I'm going to be back in touch with you. I love it. Let's be talking. All right. Take care. Peter Thomas for Natal. We've been listening to him. I want to thank uh, Matt Darby for his information on the new innovations in silks. And I want to thank our producer, Michael, for getting me out of here on time. So as I look across a manicured turf course over the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, remember, everybody, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.